one of the thoughts that you, or at least that I wrestled with dealing with the cancer is that it's all vanity, right? It's mm-hmm. all in vain. Why, why am I going to worry about this? Why am I going to deal with this? Why am I going to yeah. try hard if I'm just going to die in a few months? I think the challenge there is it's, there's, we, we have a, a moral requirement to work hard, right? At whatever it is we're doing, and monotony isn't an excuse. Welcome back to the podcast and Happy New Year. I'm excited to resume the podcast with this conversation I had with Will Brantley, who has been battling stage four cancer for the last year and unfortunately just received word that his cancer has returned after a short reprieve of a few months. Um, In this episode, Will talks through how he has stayed focused and faithful and motivated at work, as well as how he has seen God's faithfulness throughout the whole battle with cancer. Uh, this grabbed my attention because Will's just can continue to trust God for uh, to do what he's called uh, and not not be frozen by fear um, and just continue to, to step forward um, to, the, to the little things that are in front of him. Um, we all deal with those little things. We all deal with little trials that pop up and distract us from what we're called to do. And uh, Will's testimony of faithfulness in this major trial uh, has been a, a strong encouragement to me. Uh, I'm your host, Landon Buto, and this podcast is provided by Cleveland Street Mortgage in pursuit of our mission of helping people to cultivate wealth and property in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Please enjoy this week's conversation, and remember that if you're interested in getting a mortgage with our team at CSM, or if you know someone who will be getting a mortgage soon, connect with us at clevelandstreet.com. Yeah, so for the last year, um, almost a year ago, so last December, uh, I want to say it was the 16th, uh, I found out. I had stage four uh, cancer, stage four specifically nasal pharyngeal squamous cell carcinoma um, with a bunch of other qualifiers behind it. um, I am, uh, you know, you hear these terms a lot, (laughs) but I'm not super Just what is stage four? Yeah. What are are the various stages? That's a good question. So before that, I I had no idea. I thought it had something to do with severity, right? Um, Right. But the staging in particular has to do with how far it's spread from its original point of origin. Okay. So for me, it started off in my nasal pharynx, which is like I didn't even know what nasal pharynx was, but it's like behind your nose in your head, okay. right? They're the back yeah. of your throat, like where the your your nasal passage goes down into your throat. Okay. And uh, so it started there. If it stayed there, it'd be like phase one, right? But it it started there. It got into my lymph nodes, and then it got into my bones. And I I didn't even know when I found it. It, it was already that widespread. So some people right. here squamous cell carcinoma and that covers a wide variety of things so it can be skin cancer um but it's also cancer of the surfaces of like um your organs (coughs) so um for me yeah it started off my nasopharynx, pharynx got into my lymph nodes and then it was in eight vertebra is in my ribs, my sternum, my shoulder, uh, my tailbone, and my hip. And um, the day before, I was actually out hunting for mule deer with my father-in-law, hiking around in the mountains. No idea 
Um, and this was when, about a year ago? Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah. And I, I had symptoms that looking back, I now know were cancer. But at the time, I, I didn't yeah. know. And the doctor actually just thought it was, it was allergies. So I had blood and my phlegm. Um, my ears had been, they would plug and, and, and crackle and pop. And he thought it was inflammation from allergies. But it was actually st- mm. stuff growing in my head. Yeah. And um, wow. so the, that day that I was out hunting, I noticed a new symptom where when I'd swallow, I'd have a sharp pain in um, my spine. And my wife is a nurse, and she said, well, that's pretty weird. I, I think you need to go yeah. get scanned. So I went in, and um, and the doctor was a little bit dismissive. I'll give him some grace. Maybe he had a long day, you know, being a doctor, I'm sure, is difficult. But he kind of rolled his eyes and said, well, I don't, I don't think anything's wrong with you. But we can, we can scan you if you want. But it's going to be expensive. And, uh, you know, it's... It, Probably not the right thing, but I can have a little bit of a sharp attitude when people talk to me that way. So yeah. I said, you know, I got pretty good insurance, and we just had a baby. So our deductible's paid. Why don't you go ahead and do that? And um, I'm glad I didn't back off because I, I almost yeah, I almost kind of... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like when a doctor's telling you not to yeah. look into something. And I almost was like, well, you know, what I said is true. I do have good insurance, but is it, you know, is it going to be, you know, a thousand bucks or something? Should do I need to do this? Anyway, we went through it with it, and he came back in, and and uh, he's a little bit more serious. And he looked at me. He said, "I'm glad you came in. Um, you have enlarged lymph nodes, and and you have lesions on your spine." And I didn't know what that meant. A lesion to me yeah. sounded like like a sore on your skin, right? Yep. Um, but come to find out, lesion is about as, as vague as abnormality. Mm. Um, so it's not a super descriptive word, yeah. uh, but it, it, in the context of cancer, pretty much means a tumor. Mm. Um, so they scanned more of my body, and uh, my wife was at home. I got her on the phone, you know, each time. And um, so the first time I asked him, okay, well, it sounds like you have more work to do. What are you trying to rule out? And he said, we're trying to rule out lymphoma. And I said, okay, so cancer. But I wasn't sure. I didn't, even lymphoma, I didn't exactly know. Yeah. I guess that's cancer, right? That's cancer? Yep. And yeah, um, I, uh, that would have been the same. Yeah. I hear these terms, but I don't know what yeah. each means. And um, my wife was on the phone, and, and, and so then... We, we stopped, they scanned more of me, and I'm waiting in the room, and uh, I could hear him. I could hear the doctor in the room next door. He, his office must have been in the next room over, and I didn't, he didn't realize he could hear me, or that I could hear him. And I hear him yeah. talking about lymphoma and hospital beds. And it kind of struck me, like, he's talking about me. What are the chances there's another lymphoma guy walking around in the urgent care right now? And... Um, so I didn't call my wife and, and tell her in, in, until he came back in the room. And then I got her on the phone and he said, well, you know, again, I'm glad, I'm really glad you pushed us uh, because you have lesions in more of your bones. Hmm. Um, and to me, it was kind of like, man, that's what you always hear. Like, oh, it got to his bones and that was it. And yeah. uh, so it was frightening, but it didn't, my mind 
I don't think I was in denial or anything. I don't, you know, I don't know what that looks like, but uh, I went to practical things when he was, they were going to transport me to the hospital. So I don't know if it was in a van or an ambulance or what, but um, I said, well, I have the, I have the car seats. So I have to take my, I have to take the car back to my wife because she's not going to be able to do anything without the car seats. We, we have two cars, but only one of them fits all the kids. The other one's a little, a little civic that I used to commute. And uh, he said, okay, well, um, we have a room for you at this local hospital, and you need to check yourself in tonight. Uh, you, mm-hmm. You're able to move around by to now, or right now, but you need to check yourself in tonight. So I, I went home, and uh, my wife and I cried and prayed, and, and I said, we, you know, we need to try and figure out where we want to go and stay, like what treatment center or hospital is the place Mm -hmm. that we actually want to go to where it's all contained in one location. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that wound up being the male clinic here locally in, in Phoenix. Um, and so we went, her, her parents came over, you know, grateful that they live nearby. Um, they're really wonderful people. And, uh, they came over and watched the kids and Rachel and I went and I checked in to the male clinic through the ER um, and I was there for six days while they poked and prodded me and, and did all the biopsies and scans and tests to figure out what it was. Um, and it wasn't lymphoma. It was nasopharyngeal squamous cell carcinoma, um, stage four cancer. So stage four meaning it was spread all throughout my body. It was actually stage four C. So each cancer might have its own different way of staging. So yeah. what, you know, what that means, of course, I was just the most advanced one, right? And yeah, uh, sure. it was a rough week. We had some really great doctors, um, just wonderful people that showed a lot of care for me. Uh, a few I'd mentioned, yeah, doctor, the hematologist, so that's like the blood cancer doctor. Um, she was really great and uh the day we found out it wasn't lymphoma was kind of emotional because we had been told that lymphoma had a high success rate, had a high chance of being cured. Um, so when we found out it wasn't lymphoma, we didn't know what it was at that point, but it wasn't lymphoma. And we all, we kind of broke down in tears and she, she was there with that doctor was there with several, um, residents and all of them were crying and, um, pretty heavy. And, uh, this isn't, tooting my horn, but I think it's more so God giving me kind of peace in that moment where um, it came to mind to talk, speak to them about the significance of the situation, about life and about the importance of seeking mm. seeking the Lord and yeah. kind of went through Genesis, the, the fall and redemption with them. Um, and uh, it was really neat because... Well, I used to always joke with the doctors, and I still do a little bit, like, hey, you know, one of the benefits of having cancer is you have to listen to me. And, uh, and, I, and I, you know, I joke because I'm like, you think in your head, like, oh, he's got cancer. And then they would, and it worked out that way. And so, yeah. um, oh. but it was neat because the next day she came back and shared that she was actually a believer. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, several other doctors, uh, Dr. Walker, Dr. CO, Dr. CO, he was my radiation oncologist. He actually gave me his personal number 
and uh, would get on the phone with me and, and answer my questions. Um, Dr. Walker was really great too. I remember he did a, a biopsy. So they put these long needle nose pliers up my nose and then ripped off a piece of tissue from the back of my throat. It was not fun. And, yeah. uh, and the nurse said, um, I'll, I'll bring the sample up to the lab. And he said, uh, no, I'm going to walk it up myself. I'm going to put the fear of God in him. And, uh, <laughs> and he called me, not exaggerating, less than 15 minutes later. And they had, he had pushed him to put it under a microscope and, uh, and have it tested and have a preliminary look at it to see whether it yeah. matched the other samples and yeah. it did. But just, you know, above and beyond. Um, yeah. So to kind of ex- expedite the story, I went through, uh, I had a major hip surgery. I have a big titanium rod in my hip. Um, they did radiation to kill the tumor. The biggest tumor was in my hip, and they did radiation there to kill it after um, the surgery, and the tumor died, and the bone filled back in. So I have mm-hmm. range of motion. I can run and jump. I was in a wheelchair for a little while, and uh, yeah. now my mobility's all the way back. Um, I did five months of treatment of chemo, two different types of chemo and immunotherapy. And praise God, we got a re- reprieve after five months where I got a scan mm. that showed no sign of active disease. Yeah. Um, I had two scans like that. The second one had po- some activity in a lymph node, but it wasn't alarming to them. Now, we're, you know, it probably was cancer because just last week I got another, another scan that the cancer um, returned. So now I have... Mm. The cancer's come back to my lymph nodes, or maybe it never died. That's something you find out about cancers. They can only scan it and, and find it down to a certain size. Okay. And um, yeah, below you know below that size, they can't see it. It doesn't mean it's gone. Yeah. So it's back in a, in a few lymph nodes, and then um, in my tailbone. So we're okay. cu- currently yeah. looking for other treatments. We did some, uh, you know, other you know, conventional and, and, and more integrative treatments along the way. Um, trying to find yeah. all the sources of insight out there that we can yeah. use. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and well, uh, obviously so many questions I could stop and ask right here and really appreciate you just sharing all that. Um, and uh, want to get back to kind of that that response and what what that's been like for you guys i'm gonna pause mm-hmm. right there um and we'll we'll get back there i want to fill in a little bit of the background on what you do for work um and and then uh, yeah i, I want to hear about just kind of the 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 process of responding to all that working through all that mm-hmm. um and just generally, um, and then obviously with our topic today, I want to hear um, how that's related, yeah. how that's impacted your work, how you've how you've worked through that. Totally. Um, because you, you know, uh, you know, well, I, I want to hear a little bit about the details of it, but you have continued to just um, stay, stay faithful in your job um, through all that. Uh, so just start with a little bit of background on on your work. Um, yeah. Tell us, you know what you do, what, what you do generally, what, what line of work you're in, uh, how you got there. Um, you know, 
what yeah. do you like about what you're doing? <clears throat> what your vocation looked like over the years? Yeah, so I've ha- I've been in a, a number of different areas over the years. Currently, I'm a um, a project manager, um, mostly in process in the process improvement space, um, in kind of the corporate world. Um, yeah. So okay. process improvement can cover a wide range, right? Uh, yeah. We're we're mostly related, or what I do is mostly related to services, so, you know, some call center stuff, and and um, um, like back office processing in terms of process mm-hmm. improvement. So yeah, an area I'm kind of passionate about is like uh, uh, error proofing. So in lean management, they like to throw in, around Japanese words because a lot of the development of lean management came out of Japan. They call it pokeyoke. Um, hmm. But it's like uh, error proofing. So my favorite example from kind of food services is like if you go, I don't know, do, do they have In-N-Out in Washington? I'm from Washington, but I haven't been no. there back in a while. No, we do not. Yeah. It's the closest is in Oregon, I think. Okay. So one of the classic examples is, uh, or one that I like because it illustrates it well, is people were throwing away their trays at In-N-Out all the time, mm-hmm. throwing them in the trash. And, uh, and then they put a sign up, and people still threw it in the trash and didn't read the sign. And then the mm-hmm. solution to error-proof it is they made the hole for the trash too small for the tray. Yeah. Right? So no one could do it even if you wanted to so that's the kind of thing is that we're looking for frequent defects that occur and then getting as close to a a, an air proofing solution as we can it's not always possible but you know less uh air proof would be like um pre-filling a form right so you're in the mortgage world you probably have docusign or a IntelliDocs, right, where you can like fill sure. out, yeah. you can uh, pre-fill things. So there's kind of a spectrum there, but that's that's the idea. Um, so you're that's a wide range. Are you like a it, kind of a third-party consulting no, service? Is that how I I, I am kind of a consultant, but I work in, I'm embedded in the business that I work for. Okay. okay. Um, and I'm I'm unable to be too specific about the company or anything like that, but yeah. it's uh. It's um, yeah. There's there's a component of data analysis. There's a component of just problem solutioning solving. and problem solving. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting. Huh. I, I I kind of ran the gamut. So I've done all different things. When I was, I am still young, but when I was younger, when I was first in the workforce, I did a lot of sales. Um, okay. And some service Um, after college i started my career kind of in sales business development and then moved into people leadership Hmm. for a number of years um and i found myself gravitating towards i i like leading teams but it depends on the context and i'm I'm more interested in leading teams with stakeholders from different groups to solve a problem than i am being a day-to-day leader that's uh yeah you know f- t- approving timesheets and stuff like that right sure um sure and so that's what where i kind of gravitated towards the the project management space is yeah. recognizing that about myself that that's something i always wanted or in every role 
I found myself trying to improve the way we did things. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And you work uh, from home? Mostly. Um, it is. Uh, I do have a hybrid type role, so I spend some time in the office and I'm okay. grateful to have the ability to work from home, particularly through yeah. my, my illness. Um, yeah. So that's been a blessing. Okay. So, uh, and then you also have something you're working on on the side, home yeah. inspections. Yeah, so I, I opened up a, a home inspection company called Vera Home Inspections. So uh, with the Vera name being related to truth, um, mm-hmm. I thought that was a good name. And <laughs> around here in Arizona, you guys, maybe you have an equivalent in Washington. I'm trying to think of what it would be. Maybe um, there's a lot. Vera, pretty common like town name? or No, no, no. What I was saying is I was trying to avoid the, the common type name. So like in Arizona, it's all like, you know, desert cactus, home inspections, uh, yep. you know, yep. um, yep. Valley of the Sun, home inspections, right? So I wanted to separate myself a little bit yeah. where the name stuck Fair out, enough. right? Uh, depending how we grew and things like that. So um, I've been working on that for some time as a supplemental uh, thing on the side. And I... I when I was diagnosed, I was actually worried that I'd have to shut it down um, because there's some overhead. And um, praise God, I was able to meet someone uh, who was a home inspector, and we kind of negotiated a deal where he came to work for me as a, a contractor um, and did brought in just enough business while I wasn't working because um, I took leave from my my main job and and I wasn't able to do home inspections, brought him just enough business to keep the lights on. So hmm. as my health's been coming back, um, I'm hopefully getting closer to going live with that in the next yeah. next few weeks or month or so, depending, of course, on what comes <laughs> of, of the sure. new treatment. Yeah, yeah. So um, workflow when you. Uh, over the past year as well, you decided, because um, you mentioned your wife was a nurse, but you decided to, um, in order to be able to keep her home with the kids, you were going to um, take on yeah. a, a little more work. Is that part of what went into the That was part of the idea, part of the home inspection idea. Yeah. Um, she stopped working prior to me having cancer uh, with our second baby. So we're on baby number three. She's uh, stopped or began working from home, or uh, not working from home. She stopped working as a nurse. Um, of yeah, probably three years ago, close to three years ago. Okay, okay. And um, yeah, a lot of things went into that. Um, the desire to homeschool our kids. Um, mm-hmm. you know, whether you know, there's sacrifice that goes into that, and uh, totally. hopefully, we'll be able to continue yeah. that. I, I think there are multiple ways that you could faithfully educate your kids. It doesn't have to be homeschool, but um, that's what we've gone with for now. Um, you know, I'm just wondering, not wanting to entrust the raising of our kids to other people um, is important to us. So, yeah, I, yeah I've always wanted to yeah. do that, and we, we've kind of organized our lives in a way where that was more possible. We try not to keep any any debt besides our mortgage you know our cars are paid off and whatnot and um um 
So we've done that for a while, but as you know, the last few years have gotten more expensive and and uh, crazy. So the the home inspection thing Makes is sense. going to be a real benefit there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, have you been able to? I mean, what what have hours looked like with? I don't know how consuming. Yeah treatment was i don't know what flexibility you have what just generally speaking what what were your hours yeah. looking like in well, terms of being able to stay stay on the job what kind of time I, off did you get there i'm really grateful i was able to take um take time off for the first five six months of okay. treatment yeah. um which was a huge blessing some people work through it and i admire them i don't know how they do it i mean everyone is affected differently Right. Sure. Um, yeah. I'm finding yeah. out, but chemo's no joke. Um, no fun. You know, I lost a lot of hair, lost a lot of weight. Uh, but since then, coming back, I work uh, full time in that in that position. Um, okay, so you came back uh, after the kind of all clear. Yeah, after the all clear, after I was done with chemotherapy. Okay. Um, Got it. And I was still on immunotherapy. Still am on immunotherapy, but I, I have a feeling they're going to change it. The idea is, if it yeah. if it comes back, then whatever you were doing isn't wasn't working. Um, sure. Yep. Yep. So then, I mean, but that whole time, uh, I mean, you knew you'd be checking back in. Yep. Um, you know, end of this year. I don't know what yeah. what the plan was, but you knew you'd you know this isn't necessarily over. It may be. It may not be. It was either going to go well <laughs> and I'd return right. to work or it wasn't. And uh, then we'd have to make a, make a choice. Right. And so, you know, you, you just went back in, like you mentioned. Um, but that whole, that five, six month window where you were back to work, is that about what it was? Five yeah. Yeah. After that, then I went back to work and I've been working ever since. Um, yeah. How's that, how's that time been where it's just, it seems like it'd be, you know, I mean, I mean, for me, especially when you're working from home, when it's pretty independent, yeah, motivation's a big thing. Yeah. Staying, staying faithful, staying motivated in in what's in front of you, is a big thing. Um, and at something as little as, um, you know, our schedule got bumped, or yeah. we're dealing with something at the house, or something as little as that messes with with my motivation on a daily basis yeah. um, makes it difficult. Um, it makes it an obstacle that I'm going to have to stay faithful through for my work. Um, what's that, what's that window been like for you where, okay, it's been kind of choppy. You didn't work for the last five, six months. Um, yeah. you know, you've got different things on the radar now, as far as what you're trying to do, how's the motivation battle been for you as far as your work? Um, I'll be honest. It's, it's challenging. Um, so one of the thoughts that you, or at least that I wrestled with going with cancer is, or dealing with the cancer is, um, that it's all vanity, right? It's mm -hmm. all in vain. Why, why am I going to worry about this? Why am I going to deal with this? Why am I going to yeah. try hard if I'm just going to die in a few months? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's definitely a wrestling. I'd say it's something I, I probably struggled with uh, my whole life. I wish I could mm -hmm. say I was, I was stronger in that area. It's interesting how 
you know, if it's something that I am passionate about and interested in, I can find tons of energy. And Hmm. if it's not that, if it's more monotonous or monotonous in my mind, um, it could be harder to find that motivation. And, uh, I think the challenge there is it's there's we, we have a, a moral requirement to work hard, right? At whatever it is we're doing, and monotony isn't an excuse, right? For that, um, yeah. so I think knowing that is one motivation, right? Knowing that the Lord calls us to that, um, mm-hmm. knowing you need to provide for your family, um, I think in the short term tactical tip would be you know there's all kinds of different tools out there but time boxing like even if that's the thing right if you're a lot if you're self-directed in your work mm-hmm. uh, it can be easy to procrastinate so yeah time boxing can be a big thing like let me allocate you know different periods of time to certain bodies of work and and uh, hold myself to that yeah Seems like that becomes more important the less motivated you are. Yeah, definitely. And because um, you you really you can get a lot done. I think I think you know that's 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 probably the other thing. You know, Job talked about his his greatest fear coming true, and and it was kind of losing his family and his wealth. Hmm. And uh, I think that's a great you know a worse fear than what I'm about to describe, but the one, the fear that I've often had in my mind throughout my life, and it shouldn't necessarily be this way is, uh, that I had reached the end of my life having not been as faithful as I should have been or, or not, um, or not accomplishing the things that I should have not, not having used my talents well. And I feel like that now. Um, I'm not dwelling on it in a sense, you know, I think, I think it's right to grieve your sin, but it's not, we're forgiven as well. We, we, I I don't Mm -hmm. think it is good to necessarily wallow in it either. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, life is short. We're reminded of that often in scripture. And, uh, I would encourage everyone to, to keep that in mind, even if you live to be 120 years old, you know, you talk to that person that's 120, they'll probably tell you life went pretty quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great reminder when considering the thing that you spend the chunk majority of your week doing, you know, um, are you just doing it because you have to, are you just doing it because, it pays the bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not to say it needs to be, you know, if you feel that way, then you need to find something that yeah. doesn't make you feel more to say, you know, you're doing this thing. Um, you, you're then called to therefore do it well, do it faithfully, do it, uh, unto the Lord, give yourself yeah. entirely unto the Lord. Um, whatever the thing is, whether it's that kind of thing that you said that brings out your energy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe even if you think, okay, I'm only doing this for the next year, um, you know, that that year is the time frame that you have to be faithful in. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm and I'm talking to myself. Here. Yeah, this is this is a really good just reminder for for me. So I think that yeah, there's another sense in which uh, the short time's motivating to be more ambitious, right? Because hmm. uh, what do you got to lose, sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully you can harness that. Yeah, I think. I think, if, you know, obviously, if you can find an area that you're talented in and passionate about, you'll be really, you know, you'll be really good. But that's not what happens in everyone's life. So if you don't, yeah. if that doesn't happen, yeah. it's not just follow your heart to all, you know, your your heart is wicked. <laughs> your heart is not, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's... Uh, if you can find that, that's one of my motivations with my kids, right? If I can help them discover where their talents are and develop those and they can align a vocation with those, I think that could be really right. a, a powerful thing. Um, but to your point, like, yeah, you don't give up or keep hunting around for that. Um, sometimes you just got support your family and do the work that's been put in front of you, you know? And maybe you don't have a very glamorous talent. What's been an area that you've noticed um, has been a an area of change for you? Um, some of the biggest changes you've noticed in yourself since the original diagnosis, um, whether that's you know daily habits, personality, yeah, challenges that you're thinking through, strengths that you've developed. What's been an area of major change? Um, that's a hard question. Um, I know people have pointed things out to me that I don't necessarily mm. see in myself. Uh, like my wife's pointed out in my boldness and, and witnessing and whatnot. Mm. And I think I have become, I've always been outspoken for right or wrong, right? We have mixed motives. So, that, you know, there's times where I just, I talk a lot and, mm -hmm. and I'm not um, a pushover. So is it, you know, always for the Lord or is it, you know, because I just have an attitude where I right. want to sure. be right. Um, I think during this, it's, you know, my witness has definitely come out in a more pointed way. Why um, do you think that is? What, what's the thought process? Well, I think there's a, someone shared a talk. I forget who it was, but if we believe, if we, if we believe Christianity is true, which I think we all do, or, you know, you and I do, um, that would have significance on the, that should have significance on the, on the way we live, right? Mm. So Is that the Lewis quote you're thinking of? Uh, no, well, I'm sure a lot of people have quoted similar things. Sure. There was a, a talk, yeah. and I forget who it was. It was, I don't think it was C.S. Lewis, but I'm sure he said something similar. But, yeah, if you believe it's true... You're going to share it with everyone. If you believe it's life and death that we're dealing with, mm. then you're going to share it with everyone, right? Um, loved ones and whoever, like awkwardness or whatever other obstacles get in our way uh, seem kind of silly as excuses for not sharing the gospel, for not yeah. talking about God, right? Yeah. Um, and so, and I joke about it. Things become more important, the, the yeah. less important things 
become less important. And I joke about, you know, when, people, when you have cancer, people listen to you, but it's kind of true. And so it's kind of yeah. an opportunity. There's been so many people mm-hmm. I've met that I would have never would have met if mm-hmm. I didn't have cancer, other patients, doctors. Um, like I met you on LinkedIn. I had I never was a social media guy whatsoever. And yeah. I, I had this one LinkedIn post. It was probably the first time I ever even put anything on LinkedIn. Yeah. But I didn't know. Yeah. I was trying to tell all my work extended network that I what had been yeah. going on, why I wasn't around, and I'm praising God that I had the clean scan. And that post got like 2 million impressions and like 30-some thousand likes and comments and everything else. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, well, I knew I wanted to use this as a, a way to witness. I didn't know what that would look like, but maybe I need to, yeah. maybe this is an opportunity I need to lean into. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn, of all places, I started, you know, posting things. And, and my wife and I had made a YouTube channel and uh, that we're trying to grow now. And um, I wouldn't have done that before. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I don't know if I'm talented in that way, but I have that opportunity. Sure. I do talk a lot, and so that used to annoy me. I would I was annoyed with myself, you know. Uh, and um, but I think there is something about that personality that you know maybe other people wouldn't do that, and so they wouldn't speak up in certain instances just based on their own personality. Yeah, and so maybe. You know, me being talkative is helpful for that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Otherwise, I'd say it's been a mixed bag. You know, I've I've had times where I've handled things really well, and I've had times where I've been very sinful, right? Anxious and angry. I have I have a tendency towards anger that I Mm. I wrestle with and struggle with, Um, and so yeah, yeah, very mixed. I think the biggest thing was the witness and then uh, it forced me to push into, I've always struggled with assurance of salvation as well. Hmm. Having grown up with a more of a, a charismatic background than what I, you know, now I'm on the reform side of the world. Um, and so growing up, believing you could lose your salvation, believing, you know, God's going to, Jesus is coming in any second and, uh, and and you know the kind of pre-mill view uh was was terrifying right Mm. and so i my views changed but it shifted from you're not really saved to maybe you're not repentant Mm. yeah yeah you know if you category yeah that you're in yeah if you that was my new way of saying i wasn't saved like yeah if uh if you repeat habitual sins to, you know, at what point is that like, not that you've lost your salvation, but evidence that you're not repentant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have a question on that. I mean, you mentioned it's been kind of mixed in terms of peace, anxiety, and I'm, I'm going to start to wrap up here. Um, I want to keep your time short and, uh, and contain things here, but, um, I want to wrap up with that question on, you know, it's just been, um, kind of bring us up to speed on where you're at. What's, what's been the mix of, of moments of peace, moments of anxiety, moments of faith, moments of fear, because, you know, just obviously you can portray one, one persona and, uh, you know, publicly portray one persona of what's going on. That's, that's not real 
a real reflection of what's going on internally. Obviously, you could do that. Yeah. Um, but it's very hard to assume. It's very hard to do that um, when the stakes are as high as they are. And, you know, it's it's not really a, a game of, of showing one thing. It's yeah. just, you know, you're, you're, it, every little feeling is a massive feeling. I yeah. guess at this point, but at this point with where you're at with, you know, new, new pet scan showing cancer again, um, your, your testimony has been what I would think every Christian's testimony, everyone, every Christian would want their testimony to be of, you know, this is hard, but it's in God's hands. Uh, and we trust that. Yeah. Um, so what's been the, the mix for you and, um, what challenges do you expect going forward and, and how do you expect to handle those? Yeah. Um, praise God. I, I haven't gone into the pit since the cancer returned. So I haven't, yeah. you know, it's not that I'm not sad. I, the most difficult thing I've shared a number of times is um, I have three young kids and the oldest is five. So she, you know, if she will, if she remembers me, if, you know, if I die and she remembers me, it'll be a vague memory. Um, the others probably wouldn't remember me. Um, and that's a, a hard thought, uh, but you can't get stuck yeah. in the sentimentality of it. Not that it's wrong completely, but that's not where it ends, right? I can't just sit there and think about how sad my kids won't remember me. Like, we know the Lord is faithful. Uh, we know he's, he's good. So whatever he uses it for is good, and that is prior to or more basic than anything else that I'm going through, right? Mm. Right. One of God's attributes is his goodness. And that is fundamental to anything else he's done in creation, right? He's timeless, eternal, and uh, unchangeable in that. And, um, and so there's no... There's, there's nothing, we shouldn't doubt that, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. And so that doesn't mean it's easy. And I think that that really becomes where it's you, the objects of your faith are the, the promises and invisible things of God, right? So faith is contrasted with sight, not reason, not understanding it. It's contrasted with understanding in the popular culture, Faith versus reason, faith versus science, faith versus whatever. Well, mm. no, faith is, it has to do with the unseen, but because God is a spirit, right? We haven't seen him. There's hope that we have in the promises that he's given us. And so it's not contrary to our understanding. The more we grow in our understanding, the f more our faith is deepened. And so I think something like this pushes you to a point where that's all you have. It's not just mm. faith meaning believe harder, meaning, well, this seems like a nicer outcome than other ones, so I'm just going to yeah, uh, saturate my mind with that thought, yeah, right? No, the reality is, like, if I die, um, my suffering will be removed right away. Mm. I'll be watching and waiting, right? It's not all about die, die and go to heaven, Um it is that, right? My sin is removed and we're in our in intermediary, intermediary state, not to get too heady, but I don't, 
I don't know exactly what that'll be like. I won't have my body, right? And um, until the end, until death is removed. Mm-hmm. So I won't be suffering. I'll be learning a lot in a short order because I won't have the obstacle <laughs> of sin. But my yeah. family is going to suffer. They're separated from me. They don't have that reality yet. They're still suffering with the sin in the world, with the curse. My kids will be raised, you know, I don't know whether they'll have someone to take my place or not, you know. Mm. Um, I hope that they would. That's a a weird thought. Um, That's where you could get stuck in the sentimentality of it, right? I don't want someone else to raise my kids. Well, no, I want what's best for my kids in the Lord's eyes. Mm. Amen. Um, yeah. So I know I'm, I'm kind of run on in this answer, but it's that's all we can hold on to. I don't think it's foolish. I don't think it's uh, the opiate of the masses. I don't think it's. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's knowing. It's real. Yeah, it's knowing yeah. what's true, and there's not anything else I can find comfort in. I can hope. I do hope that I am healed. I would like to live longer. Um, but I think it gives you certain boldness that might sound crazy to someone who's not facing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Praise God for, for that faith, for that testimony. Um, Will, thanks so much for, for sharing about it. Um, before we wrap up, is there a place where anyone who's listening can follow your story, see what's going yeah. on with you guys? Yeah. Um, I'll just share the link with you. We got, Probably. Yeah, I can throw that in the description. Probably. I have some different social media. We have our uh, our YouTube channel, which is called The Monohorn Family. So I joked with my daughter when she was like two. I think we were at Costco and there was a unicorn. And I joke jokingly told her that unicorns were called monohorns, right? Hmm. Like one horn. <laughs> yeah. And I right away I told her, no, I'm just kidding. They're called unicorns. And yeah. uh, well, she internalized that like immediately and it's kind of funny because like we don't even teach her santa claus is real right we'll tell her the story but she doesn't we don't try to fool them that santa claus is coming or something like that no offense to folks if they do i guess but uh it's stuck and she knows they're called monohorn she knows everyone else calls them unicorns i mean uh but we call them monohorn so i just thought it was kind of cute good name no one knows what it means until they hear the story and so we have that monohorn family youtube channel and then um we have a um caring bridge which is like a a blog site um for people with terminal illnesses um, that i can share awesome great well i'll put those in the description will thanks again uh for your time and for sharing your story and your faith man thank you thanks for listening to work is good if you enjoyed it share it with someone else leave a review and listen next week